Hello, language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things ISIM podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Because the holiday season is right around the corner, I thought it would be fun to share the Icelandic holidays, traditions, and celebrations that are normally happening throughout the year in this country. Some of the traditions might sound the same or similar to some of your traditions, while others might be completely new to you or seem really odd. Because I will be sharing the Icelandic names of the holidays and facts that go along with them, I won't have an individual segment in this episode for the Icelandic word of the episode or a random fact about Iceland. This whole episode is essentially those two segments combined. I will do my best to say the Icelandic names slowly. Additionally, you can find the spelling of all the words in the show notes for this episode on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com. Let's jump into the Icelandic holidays, traditions, and celebrations. As I'm recording this, it is past mid-October, and the next holiday tradition coming up is Firsti Vetradagur. Firsti Vetradagur which is the first day of winter. It is a Saturday that falls between October 21st and the 27th and is according to the Old Norse calendar. If you're curious about what winter in Iceland is like, I have a link to my podcast episode, How to Survive an Icelandic Winter, in the show notes of this episode on my website. On this day, which is Firsti Vetradagur, Merchants on Skola Verdustigur, which is a street that leads to Hatlgrimskirka Church, hand out free meat soup. From this day until the 21st of December, which is the shortest day of the year, the amount of daylight decreases rapidly. So it's nice that to start off winter, you get some free meat soup to warm you up because It definitely gets colder and darker, but thankfully, when we get to the other celebrations that are coming up in the next few months, there's a lot more happening to make it a jolly time, even though it's quite dark here. In the beginning of November is the start of Yola Boca Flodith, and this is a really fascinating tradition, and it literally translates to the Christmas book flood. So I'll say that again. Yola, which is Christmas, Boka, book, flowedith, flood. Yola Boka flowedith. During this time, the list of newly published books is announced in Iceland. Giving a book on Christmas Eve is a long-standing tradition in this country that started during World War II. Books weren't as expensive back then. Well, basically, paper wasn't as expensive back then, so families could offer to give them as presents. The bulk of book sales for the year happens at this time. Every person gets a book in the family to take to bed with them. I think it's lovely that after dinner and opening gifts on Christmas Eve, that Icelandic people cozy up with a book and some chocolate. After Christmas, everyone talks about the books that they have read and give their opinion on it. So Yola Boca Flodith is, even though happening in the beginning of November, is a time that really starts to kick off the Christmas season. Next up on the tradition or celebration timeline is Dagur Islandskra Tungu. 
Dagur, which means day. Islandskrar, Icelandic. Tungu, language. So Dagur, Islandskrar, Tungu, which is Icelandic language day, is celebrated on November 16th, which is the same day as the birthday of the 19th century poet Jonas Hallgrimsson. Even though not every Icelandic person celebrates this day or even remembers it because it's not a bank holiday, <laughs> most, if not all, of Icelandic people are very proud of their language. So it is nice to have a day that's dedicated to it. In my second podcast episode, which is a brief history of the Icelandic language, I talk about the committee that was formed to preserve the language, as well as how Icelandic has changed or almost how it hasn't changed over the years since the 12th century. Dagur Islandskra Tungu was created because Icelandic people feel that it is important to protect their language and celebrate it. Sometimes there are gatherings in downtown Reykjavik or other parts of the country to celebrate this day and the Icelandic language. December 1st is Sovereignty Day, not to be confused with Icelandic Republic Day, which is on June 17th, and we'll definitely get to that later. On this day in 1918, so December 1st, 1918, Iceland signed the Act of Union with Denmark, which recognized Iceland as a fully sovereign state, but was still united with Denmark under a common monarch. Before Icelandic Republic Day became a thing in 1944, December 1st used to be a national holiday and people had the day off from work. While it is no longer a day that people have off, many still fly the Icelandic flag and observe it in their own way. I'll talk more about Icelandic Republic Day later on in the podcast, as I'd mentioned, but this is kind of a precursor to Iceland moving towards being a fully independent state from Denmark. Additionally, in December, the Christmas holiday is pretty much in full swing. People have already decorated their houses with lots of colorful lights, there are festive activities, and people are extra cheery. I feel like Christmas kicks into high gear when the 13 Yule Lads, or the 13 Santa Clauses, start coming to town from the mountains. The first comes on December 12th, and they arrive one by one until the last lad, or Santa Claus, is in town on December 24th, which is Christmas Eve. I plan to do a whole podcast episode on the 13-year-old lads before Christmas because I find them fascinating and kind of strange. So keep a lookout for that. For now, just know that the Santas are quite mischievous and they have a particular thing that each of them does while they're in your house. And some people might consider it to be annoying or funny. It really depends on who you ask. The bright side is that they bring well-behaved children small gifts. If you were in Iceland on December 23rd, you might get a strong whiff of something putrid. Just know that your nose is not deceiving you because you're probably smelling fermented skate, which is also known as skata in Iceland. St. Thorlaukur is the patron saint of Iceland. I'll say that again. Saint Thorlaukur is the patron saint of Iceland, and his day is on the 23rd of December. On this day, many Icelandic people observe Thorlauks Messa and eat fermented skate. In the olden days, 
eating this foul-smelling skate was a way to symbolize the end of the Christmas fast. The smell of this fermented fish is so intense that most people opt to go out to a restaurant to eat it so they can avoid having the smell in their house. I have also heard that some people who have eaten the fish out of a restaurant immediately change and wash their clothes when they get home that they were wearing that night as a way of preventing the smell from lingering in their clothes fabric and their homes. I have never tasted fermented skate, but I've definitely smelled it, and it is quite unpleasant. To be fair, a lot of Icelandic people who do eat fermented skate love it because it's a tradition they've been doing for so long, and the smell to them really helps to make them feel like it's Christmas. So, of course, it's an acquired taste, smell, and and tradition in general, but just so you're warned, if you're around during that time, it might be hard to stomach if you're not used to the smell of fermented fish lingering. The 23rd of December is also the last day that people can buy gifts in Iceland, as Icelandic people give their gifts on the following evening. Next up is Athfangadagur, which is the 24th of December, or many people would call Christmas Eve. And in Iceland, they celebrate Christmas, or the way that many people do on the 25th, on the 24th of December. At 6 p.m. on the 24th, if you're near churches in Iceland, you'll hear the bells of those churches ringing at that time to signal that Christmas has started. Most Icelandic households will have a traditional dinner of ptarmigan, which is a type of bird found in Iceland, smoked lamb or smoked pork with pickled red cabbage and other side dishes like sugar-glazed potatoes. I especially love this time because everyone gets dressed up in their formal attire for dinner, the houses are decorated to the tea, and the families sit together to have a lovely dinner. After dessert, gifts are exchanged and more sweets are consumed if you have room for them. Which, to be honest, I mean, you usually can find some room for dessert, so everyone indulges quite a lot on that evening. While the 25th is Christmas Day, and observed by Icelandic people, and they have a day off if it's a weekday, as I mentioned, the 24th seems to really be the day that is of most importance. People still gather on the 25th, Christmas Day, but it's less formal and more about just spending more of your time with family. What I find fascinating is that Icelandic people also have off on the 26th of December, which is in Icelandic, Annar Iolum, Annar Iolum, or literally second day of Christmas, which in the UK would be known as Boxing Day. And this day, too, is not really a formal holiday where you're getting dressed up or doing anything. You do have the day off if it's a if it falls on a weekday, but for the most part it's just another time another day given to spend time with family, relax, and enjoy the Christmas season. If you have the opportunity to celebrate New Year's Eve in Iceland, I highly recommend that you come and do it. It is such a blast. Friends and family gather around a huge bonfire or brinnur in Icelandic. That's brinnur. That each township lights up 
every year on December 31st, and it symbolizes the burning of the old year. In addition to professional firework displays, Ascended people buy a ton of fireworks themselves to shoot off. If you are downtown, you'll witness an amazing display of fireworks bursting all around you at the stroke of midnight. And sometimes even before, because people get really excited about just having a ton of fireworks. It is such a fun and joyful time to be in Iceland. And I've been lucky enough to see the fireworks and the northern lights in the same evening. So it was just double awesomeness (laughs) to bring in the new year. Next up is the 12th night, or better known as January 6th. (laughs) This truly fascinates me. For Icelandic people, it is the last day of the Christmas season and when the last Icelandic Santa goes back up to the mountains. However, there is more to this day. You can think of it like a small-scale New Year's Eve because people go out to bonfires that are lit up, they shoot off fireworks, and they sing songs. The elf, king, and queen might even make an appearance at the bonfires. Some trolls might show up as well, so be careful. It is certainly a fun way to end the Christmas holiday. And I think it's just kind of fascinating that Christmas ends after the new year. (laughs) So Christmas is, is quite long in Iceland, in essence, because you have the book flood that starts off kind of like people thinking about Christmas. Then you have the Santa Claus that start coming into town. And then finally, when the last Santa Claus leaves... Christmas is finally over. Not too long after Christmas is over, you have Bondadagur, or Husband's Day, which is the first Friday that falls between January 19th and 25th. It marks the beginning of Thore, which is the fourth winter month on the Norse calendar. On this day, women give gifts to their husbands or boyfriends and cook them a traditional Icelandic meal, which can include hangikjöt, which is smoked lamb. Bondadagur, or Husband's Day, as I'd mentioned, also starts the beginning of Thorablot, which translates to Thorri festivities. So I'll say that again. Thorablot. Thorablot. During this month-long period, Icelandic people have gatherings where they feast on traditional foods, drinks, and have lots of merriment. A typical Thorablot festival will have smoked lamb, boiled lamb's head, svith, fermented shark, haukar, haukar, congealed sheep's blood wrapped in ram's stomach, which is blothmur in Icelandic. So it's blothmur, flatbread, flatkaka, and lots of Icelandic spirits. So brennivin and different types of alcohol for sure. After dinner, games are played, traditional songs are sung, people dance, and stories are told into the wee hours of the morning. The month of Thorre ends off with Kvonudagur, or Wife's Day, which is typically the Sunday that falls between February 18th and the 24th. This time around, the men have to treat the women in their lives by buying them flowers or some other gift. Some husbands even cook for their wives or women in their lives. Up next are the holidays leading up to Lent, 
which encourage an immense amount of eating of sweets and heavy foods. The first is boludagur, or bande. Boludagur. This is two days before Lent. Bakeries and individuals bake sweet cream puffs filled with cream and jam that are drizzled with chocolate. Sometimes it's not drizzled with chocolate, but a lot of times you'll find it drizzled with chocolate because Icelandic people love their chocolate. The hilarious part about this holiday is that Icelandic children make wands in school that they use on this day to smack their parents on the butt while yelling, Bola, bola, bola! (laughs) For each smack, they get a bun. I've witnessed and eaten some delicious Icelandic buns on this day, and it is incredible the amount of them that are made for this specific day of the year. It is also amazing how many of them adults and children can eat. The following day is Springdagur, or Bursting Day. You would have thought that Boladagur would have been Bursting Day, but no. You should have saved some room (laughs) for the next day, which is truly a day for overeating. Yes, this holiday is dedicated to eating as much as possible so that you feel like you will burst. Many Christians might know this day as Shrove Tuesday, and if you celebrate Mardi Gras, then this is the same as Fat Tuesday. Icelandic people eat as much as they can of heavily salted lamb and pea soup. Back in the day, this would have been their last proper meal before the start of Lent. The last day that makes up the trifecta of celebrations around this time is Öskudagur, or Ash Wednesday. Öskudagur. I went to Catholic school from the age of 5 until 18, so when I moved to Iceland, I was expecting to see a lot of people walking around with the sign of the cross in ashes on their forehead. Instead, I saw children dressed in costumes going around from shop to shop singing for candy. While this is technically not Halloween, it certainly feels that way. So if you're around right before Lent starts, or at least on Ash Wednesday for the start of Lent, it might seem a little like you're having a Halloween deja vu because there are lots of little kids going around working, to be fair, so they're not trick or treating they are working by singing a song in order to receive candy. Easter is a big deal in Iceland. While most of the people who celebrate Easter are focusing on the religious aspect of the holiday, what comes across the most important for Icelandic people is giving and receiving of large chocolate eggs filled with sweets. You might notice that there's a trend happening here (laughs) with some of these holidays, and a lot of it has to do with candy or eating a ton. Sometimes it's just eating a ton of candy, and Easter is definitely one of those times. I've seen chocolate eggs that are larger than my head, and a picture of an egg that was the same size as a decently tall child. It is amazing how serious Ascended people are about their chocolate eggs and candy. It can be a tough time to be visiting the country during Easter, because many stores or companies are closed on Monday, Thursday, so the Thursday before Easter, Good Friday, Saturday, Easter Sunday, and Easter Monday. Everyone in the country looks forward to this five-day weekend, so just be conscious of that if you're planning to visit during that time. 
You might be wondering how to say Easter in Icelandic, and it is Pauskar. Pauskar. Before I continue, I think it is worth noting that while Icelandic people observe a lot of holidays that are religious as a whole, not many people actively go to church during the year here or even during these holidays. Those days are just some free time off to spend with your family, take a vacation, or do whatever you want. This next holiday might make you scratch your head a little bit because the first day of summer, or Sumar Dagorin Firste, Sumar Dagorin Firste in Icelandic, is observed on the third Thursday in April. This date was chosen because it is the end of winter on the Old Norse calendar. While it is an official holiday that people have off, and there are celebrations, the weather is traditionally not summery on that day. I've been living here for a few years now, and every summer dagarin firste has been horrible in terms of the weather. It's been raining a ton, chilly, and you just laugh because you think, how can this be that we're celebrating or supposed to be celebrating summer and nothing about this day feels like it's actually summer? One holiday that is, I think, really awesome is beer day, which is Bjor Dagur. Bjor Dagur. In my interview about Iceland's beer history with Ole the Brewmaster, we talked about Iceland's complicated history with beer. I'll have a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. But just know that March 1st, 1989 is when beer became legal again in Iceland. Every year on that day, many Icelandic people gather downtown to drink some delicious beer. It's bizarre to think that beer has only became legal so recently in this country. But like I mentioned, check out the podcast episode about the beer history here, and I think you'll understand a little bit more, or at least have some background information, even if it is quite puzzling. On the first Sunday in June is Sjómanadagur, which is Seaman's Day. Some communities display fish, and there are games for kids. Icelandic fishermen have played an important role in the country's culture, economy, and history. Also, being a fisherman used to be an extremely dangerous job, so it makes sense that a day is dedicated to them and the industry. As I mentioned earlier when we talked about Sovereignty Day, Icelandic Republic Day is now the actual holiday that people have off and where there are tons of celebrations happening around the country. That day in Icelandic is Þjóð Hátíðar Dagurinn. Þjóð Hátíðar Dagurin. On June 17, 1944, Iceland became a fully independent nation from Denmark. This date also coincides with the birthday of Jón Sigurdsson, who was a prominent leader in the Icelandic independence movement. This day is a national holiday, and Icelandic people have the day off. In downtown Reykjavik, there are many events that take place to observe this day, such as parades, street theater, speeches, musical performances, and activities. The holiday wouldn't be complete without the Fjallakonan, which means woman of the mountain. She wears the Icelandic traditional costume and reads a poem to the crowd. 
I find it pretty cool that Icelandic people chose a woman as their symbol of gaining their independence from the Danish king, who was seen as the father of the country. Appropriately so, next up is which is Women's Rights Day, and that is celebrated on June 19th in Iceland. On that day in 1915, married Icelandic women gained the right to vote and stand for office in Reykjavik and Hapnafjörður, which meant that they had political independence from their husbands. Briet Bjartheidensdottir played a major role in the women's rights and women's suffrage movement in Iceland. A floral wreath is laid on her grave on that day, and other events take place around the country. Next up is Jónsmesa, which is to celebrate John the Baptist's birthday. The celebration of his birthday is supposed to be the time of the summer solstice celebrations, but the longest day of the year doesn't always fall on that date. However, the name still remains for that day. The fascinating part is the Icelandic folklore associated with Midsummer's Night, or this extremely long day, because the night is endowed with great magical powers. According to folklore, cows start talking, but people shouldn't listen because cow talk can drive them mad. Seals shed their skins and walk like men, and rolling around in the dewy grass at midnight will provide you with great health benefits. Additionally, if you sit at a crossroads where each road leads to a separate church, elves will approach you and try to seduce you with gifts. So, many magical things can happen that night, so be prepared if you happen to be in Iceland during that time. Verslunamanahelge, or Shopkeeper's Day, and I'll say that again, Verslunarmanahelge, Verslunamanahelge, or Shopkeeper's Day, is a bank holiday on the first Monday of August. It is meant to celebrate shopkeepers and other merchants, and it is a huge party weekend. Most Icelandic people leave the Reykjavik area to stay in summer houses or to go camping. Lots of drinking, eating, dancing, and other types of merriment happen during this weekend. The Westman Islands plays host to the biggest party of the weekend, and it is called Thjóðhátíð, or National Festival. Somewhere between 11 to 16,000 people attend this party, which is four times the Westman Islands population. There's a huge bonfire, fireworks, live music, and there are red torches that light up the valley. It is a pretty epic weekend of partying. If you ever find yourself considering going to this party, I suggest looking for tickets early in advance as well as being able to get tickets for the ferry because those sell out really quickly. Meningarnot, or Culture Night in Reykjavik, is one of the biggest events of the year. It even rivals National Republic Day on June 17th because tons of people from all around the country and, of course, the Reykjavik area come to celebrate. There are other culture nights in Iceland, but this particular one, the one in Reykjavik, seems to gather the most amount of people. This night marks the start of the city's cultural year, so museums, theaters, and other institutions that have to do with culture in Iceland usually launch their annual program of events. 
the main goal of Reykjavik Culture Night is to deliver diverse and cultural events from afternoon into the evening. The night ends off with an amazing fireworks show down by the harbor. It is estimated that as many as 100,000 people have attended Minigarnot. And of course, as visitors in Iceland learn about this amazing night that happens on the first Saturday after the 18th of August, the event will only get larger. The streets cut off where there are concerts, dancing, drinking, eating, into the late night, early morning. So I'd recommend for sure if you're around in Iceland or if you're planning to come at that time, make sure you're in downtown Reykjavik so you can enjoy this festival. The last tradition on this list is Rietir, which is the annual sheep roundup that starts in September and ends in early October. So again, it's Rietir. Rietir. This is quite the undertaking, and it is one of Iceland's oldest cultural traditions. Icelandic sheep are allowed to graze freely in the countryside during the summer months, but once summer is over, they are collected by their owners, which are farmers. However, collecting them means traveling to the mountains and valleys to find them. There is a lot of walking and riding on horses involved, Family and friends and anyone really that's interested in helping flock out to the countryside to help Icelandic sheep farmers round up their herd. Tourists are welcome to join in as well. After the roundup is finished, there is a night of celebration called Rietta Baul, where there is singing and dancing and, of course, some drinking at a local dance hall. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode that was chock full of information about Icelandic traditions, holidays, and celebrations. I will have a full list of all of these holidays, celebrations, and traditions on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com that are in the show notes for this episode. So feel free to check that out if you would like to see the whole list stacked up. But before I end off, I would like to give a shout out to Melissa D, who left the following review about the podcast. Just when I thought I couldn't miss Iceland more, Jules brings me right back with this amazing podcast full of fun facts, guest speakers, new words, and tons of information about this charming land. You can feel her enthusiasm and love for all things Iceland in each episode which gets me excited to hear what's coming up next. Keep up the great work spreading the good word about Iceland. Cannot wait to visit again to explore all you talk about and use some of my new vocab. All the best. Thank you, Melissa D., for leaving that review. If you are enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave a review. You just might get a shout-out in one of the episodes. Þakka þér kælegar að hlusta og sjáumst fljótlega.